This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda senior market analysts across the globe. And today I'm joined by Craig Earlham in London. Good morning, Craig. How are you doing? Very good, mate. How are you? Very good. Although, of course, the big headlines from last night here in the UK, the introduction of Plan B by the Prime Minister, which didn't come as a great shock, but it will be a knock to many businesses across the country. It'll be interesting to see how markets react when we open. Probably not very much, I expect you're going to tell me. Yeah, I don't think it's had a massive effect. I mean, I think we were all kind of knew that we were going to be heading this way anyway, especially once uh, we saw the Omicron announcement a couple of weeks ago. And I guess there's also that question of how big a difference is it going to really make? We've seen that these kind of low-level restrictions in the past have only really ever led to more restrictions. So they may kind of slow things down, but a lot of the restrictions that's been announced is kind of very trusting, very, you can do this, we encourage you to do that. And you kind of feel that people who are going to follow that kind of advice would have probably looked to do that anyway. So not going to work, people working from home, encouraging people to work from home is great, but is it going to affect people's actual decision making? I'm not so sure. It does just feel like this is the first um, step towards deeper restrictions at some point, either later on this month or in January. I think the Prime Minister would love to hold on till January and Um, especially after what happened last year, just before Christmas. I'm sure that this year they would like people to be able to enjoy it and then get to January when things tend to quiet down a little bit and then tighten restrictions then without the same kind of backlash. It's it's hard to really know what to take away from it, really. And given how little we still know about Omicron, yes, the early evidence suggests that symptoms are less severe. And the evidence also suggests that it's far more transmissible uh, than Delta and that it is slightly vaccine resistant, but maybe not as much as initially feared and a booster will cover uh, a lot of that. That's what the early evidence is suggesting, but we still don't have a full picture yet. And until we do, it's going to be hard to get a full grasp of uh, what the uh, longer term implications are ultimately going to be. It feels like we're in wait and see mode right now. The markets are celebrating any piece of good news because they'd priced in so much fear but in terms of how whether this can really take off and we can start to fear omicron less i think we're gonna have to be again wait another week or two and see when we know a lot more yeah and the omicron fear of two weeks ago or so did create a bit of a stir in the markets with um, some big falls and we've recovered some of those losses because as you say the rumors are that it doesn't actually raise hospitalizations and serious illness to the extent that people were fearing. But nonetheless, it's a big psychological blow to economies around the world, and the transmissibility seems to be extremely high. Having said all that, when you think about the restrictions that they're imposing or guidance that they're imposing, I anecdotally can tell you that most of the companies I know, particularly in the financial services community, are already saying best to work from home anyway. And that probably is mirrored across the world, certainly across here in the UK and in Europe. What about the rest of the markets, Craig? Looking at Asia Pacific, the Hang Seng up 1% as we stand and uh, the Nikkei closed just under half a percent down. So what's happening in Asia Pacific and what are you expecting for Europe and the USA a bit later? Yeah, just kind of mirroring what we're seeing in the broader markets, really. We saw a, a bit a slight pullback in Europe yesterday. Um, the US making slight gains, now eyeing a flatter open on uh, on Wall Street in a few hours' time. Europe eyeing a slightly more positive open. We're seeing the, the volatility is starting to abate somewhat after a really strong start to the week. Uh, interesting that FTSE 100 
um, outperforming the rest of Europe. Uh, actually, the FTSE 100 has recovered all of its um, Omicron-related losses, which is really interesting. The only index that I can see in Europe that has actually managed to do that. And I think that's being helped along by a weaker pounds. We're seeing expectations on central banks being paired back once more. So the Bank of England now not expected to raise rates until February, which again, um, I think is not a bad decision. I think it's quite sensible when we know so little about Omicron. But also then it's something that kind of is again going to raise questions about the the validity of any communication coming from um, from policymakers over the course of the last couple of months, really lining up that rate hike only to not follow through. But it seems that expectations are now being paired back. It's now not necessarily certain that the Fed will accelerate tapering, um, for example, next week. And in terms of interest rate hikes, they're being paired back for next year as well. I think the idea being that the risks of Omicron, while not as severe, could slow the uh, economic recovery um, and could therefore push central banks to be a little bit more patient whether that's the correct decision is a hard to say because we're also in an extremely high inflationary environment and they have that to contend with as well the only thing that seems clear right now is central banks can't be easing so if omegron did turn out to be quite bad then central banks would really find themselves between a rock and a hard place because once upon a time you just turn the taps on and unleash lots more QE, cut rates to zero. They can't really do that when inflation is above 4% here in the UK, five coming up to 5% Europe, above 6% in the US. You can't really be turning the taps on in that environment. So it, it seems that the, the the best that Mark's hoping for is kind of a two to three month uh, delay on things. Um, and I guess we'll get a much better idea of that next week. By next week, we'll have a lot more information to hand uh, with regard to the variant, and policymakers will be able to make a more informed decision. But they will—they they still even won't have the full picture then. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they approach this. This week's been very quiet in terms of big economic data and central bank meetings. We've had the RBA and the Bank of Canada, but next week on Wednesday we've got the Fed. On Thursday we've got the Bank of England. We've got the ECB. We've got the SNB. So there's plenty more actions come next week. A, a big, um, potentially final big week. Uh, before uh, the Christmas period. Yeah, very busy week next week. Looking at oil at the moment, it's recovered much of its uh, Omicron losses. Which are the indicators now as far as oil is concerned? Yeah, so ultimately it really does depend on what kind of restrictions we've seen imposed around the world. I think the OPEC Plus group has put a backstop in place in allowing itself flexibility to not just change output targets at meetings, but in between meetings as well. So I think that's been a big thing that's kind of backstop the market. We can see it's clear on the charts when the... OPEC plus meeting actually took place last week last week because you could see the sell-off when they initially didn't change their output targets for January and then the very quick rebound when they announced that they were uh, allowing themselves the ability to make immediate adjustments as and when necessary in other words when they get more information on Omicron and can make their judgments on in terms of what that means for the demand outlook so I think that's been quite critical the rebound that we've seen in risk appetite because of paired back expectations in terms of how bad Omicron could be has been really beneficial as well. There's still some ground to to be potentially made up. I don't think we're necessarily going to be heading back towards the highs unless OPEC do actually pair back their production targets despite the fact that Omicron isn't looking as bad. We have to remember that OPEC Plus did say that they had factored in a reduction in um, demand growth in the winter period because of a, a potential spike in COVID cases. 
But the question is, how much of a demand uh, shortfall were they actually anticipating compared to what's going to come now if restrictions are starting to be reimposed? So, yeah, I think there seems to be a bit of a flaw in oil prices. Now there is potentially a little bit further to rise, but I don't think we're going to see the kind of the levels we were at previously any time. Uh, well, not in the short term anyway, because restrictions are being reimposed. So that would be quite difficult. The outlook has obviously changed as a result. It's an interesting one to follow. It's one of those markets, like many uh, that we're seeing right now, where we are seeing quite high levels of volatility. Finally, looking at China, what happened with uh, Evergrande in the end, uh, Craig, with it not making its coupon payment? Well, it looks like there's going to be a restructuring, so we're going to uh, learn a lot more over the course of the coming weeks and months now. It's the fact that it's not the only one. There's other developers where we're seeing trading being halted, for example, because they're unable to make uh, repayments as well. So I think this is now going to make, have to be where authorities are going to have to really step in. We're seeing, we've seen, obviously, the triple R cut uh, from China this week, um, which was, again, to try and fill the market with liquidity and ease uh, concerns. There's clear support now for uh, the property sector particularly those that are uh, those healthy less leveraged firms within the sector as well ultimately this is the next phase of the evolution really restructuring of uh, of evergrand debt and um, probably other property companies as well and authorities taking a more active role the one thing we're just not getting enough of is communication right now but i'm sure that'll all come as well okay craig have a very good day we'll speak to you again soon thank you this is the oanda podcast